Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Joining me, as always, the Kevin Owens to my Sami Zayn. Eric, how's it going, buddy? You think I'm uh, I'm Kevin Owens? I don't know. I thought we I hit think, it last I week where you, this... were, you were the edge to my Christian, but... Yeah. I think on this podcast, like, I'm the slightly more upbeat, annoying one, which really speaks to uh, this podcast's general uh, demeanor. You think you're the more upbeat one? Um, I, I think you're just, in general, more serious and focused. Um, not that I'm not those things. Again, we're working from sort of similar personalities, so maybe... Maybe the comparison just doesn't work. We'll we'll workshop it. We'll come up with come up with something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll cheat. We'll you know there are only a couple weeks left in the podcast before the off season break. We'll we'll find one. The Marty Janetti to your uh, no, I know, you can't use that one. Come on, kick me through a barbershop window. If only, if only, Eric. <laughs> uh, Eric, last night the uh, Toronto Raptors one hundred eight ninety eight win over the Washington Wizards. Man, was that a that was an angsty day? Actually, let's let's rewind. Let's rewind to Tuesday when you got to explain to Kyle Lowry the definition of angst. Uh, was yeah, that was, a uh, was that a highlight a per- in your your angst? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't... it was a personal highlight of of my journalism career for sure. You know, this is this is why you got into the business. And uh, my favorite part uh, was Lowry saying that. I had just done great journalism when, in fact, I had literally Googled the word angst to get a proper definition, which I don't think is the definition of journalism. Uh, it's been 11 years since I I graduated, so I can't be sure anymore. Um, but, yeah, yeah, big, big moment for me. Uh, I'll have to get the clip from, from somebody, isolate that sucker. There you go. And, I, I did the uh, same thing with the Wayne Casey winking at me. So. Yeah, it, yeah. It's uh, the playoffs are happening. Yeah, they certainly are. It's uh, we've been around these guys far more than they would like the last the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. Um, but everybody's being pretty decent to each other. Yeah, I feel that's, like that's important. Uh, and it looks, you know, odds wise, a little more likely after Wednesday night that the Toronto Raptors will have to deal with us for a couple weeks longer, tied two two. Against the Washington Wizards, uh, the series returned to the Air Canada Center. Raptors win. Play three and a half touch-and-go quarters. Uh, pulled away at the end with a very unfamiliar five, five-man five unit. Uh, they played, I think, seven minutes together all season. The Raptors now have a 3-2 lead. Statistically uh, and historically, the home side in a series having a 3-2 lead is pretty commanding. They win high 80s or low 90s percent of the series. Uh, you know, this... This has all the feel of a series that's coming back to Toronto for a Game 7 with how Washington's played on their home court and how most of last night went out. But the Raptors, you know, that was a big one. That, that was a, a big one on a very anxious night around town. Uh, Maple Leaf Square had 5,000 strong watching the Leafs lose a heartbreaker to the Boston Bruins. Uh, rest in peace, Jake Gardner. And then TFC lost the CONCACAF Champions League final in penalty kicks because why wouldn't you decide a Champions League final without extra time uh, in penalty kicks. Uh, Eric, the, the Toronto and the Jays lost, I think, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and the Marlies lost. The only Toronto sports team to win was, to borrow a phrase from our cohort, Andrew Stoughton, old reliable, the Toronto Raptors. Yes, playoff Raptors, the most reliable <laughs> the most reliable team in the city. Now, the Raptors did win. Eric, this was, a, this was a game. It did not look for most of the game like the Toronto Raptors were going to win, even though the score was close. Uh, they took early lead. They led by one at halftime. They led by one entering the fourth quarter. It felt for most of that time until maybe like the six-minute mark of the fourth, like this was Washington's game, and there was kind of just a Wizards pull away, hanging uh, hanging over everything. Did, did you feel the same kind of way uh, about it up until the, the last couple minutes? Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't come into the game feeling very positive about, about the Raptors, having, you know, just seen them implode to a certain degree. Uh, the thing we have to remember about that game is from about the 850 mark to the 350 mark or so when DeLon Wright hits that huge three uh, from 30 feet, NBA.com called it, uh, it was a one-possession game that entire time. You know, the lead was between three and three either way. I'm not sure if the Raptors had a three-point lead, probably at some point. Um, and that... It's a very long time in the fourth quarter uh, for a game to be that close. So, Eric, here's uh, my thing. You know how they say basketball is a game of runs? Sometimes it's not. Yeah, but it damn well should be because a one-possession game for 45 minutes is agonizing. Yeah. No, th- thank God for, for runs. Yeah, there were really... What was the biggest one? Like maybe six nothing, seven nothing, if that. Yeah, uh, there were there were a couple really. And they were probably ones. near the start. Yeah. Uh, it was it was very stressful, and the crowd was, you know, you could you know there was in my lead like it felt so so much nervous energy in that building, especially as it got fuller after the sort of nightmare conditions of yesterday led to a slow arriving crowd, but. You know, every everybody was so nervous, and I think it was the game, it was the situation, and only really when DeLon Wright hit that three, and then they created another turnover, and DeLon Wright had that alley-oop layup, could the crowd breathe a little bit. Um, like you said, I, I sort of, John Wall has been, I think, we can quibble over best, I think he's been the most dominant player in this series. Yeah, when you're flirting with a triple-double uh, every game. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so you came down, and you remember what the, to the stretch, and you remember what the Raptors did at the end of game four. You've seen what John Wall has done over the course of the series and the course of game four, and it really felt like one of these teams was going to have a easier time getting late buckets than the other, and it didn't turn out that way. No, John Wall continues to have a very weird series in that I agree he's been the most dominant player. And, you know, it, it you could split hairs. He's probably been the best player. He also has a 33% usage rate on, like, 53% true shooting. So, you know, he's still not scoring very effectively. And if he was shooting anywhere close to his regular mark from mid-range, he'd be sub-50% true shooting-wise. Obviously, the, those shots have gone in. You can't... You know, you can't take them away in retrospect based on percentages. But he is like some hot mid-range shooting away from this being a high usage, pretty low efficiency series for him. At the same time, 
He's been the best non-center rebounder in the series, and he's blowing everyone away in terms of assists and creating looks for for other guys. Um, luckily for the Raptors, they've done such a good job staying home on shooters, except for, I guess that was another thing about the fourth, is the, the, the Wizards missed eight field goals in a row as the Raptors were, were pulling away, and I think four of them were threes. Uh, and that's where you have to, I think that's where the wall conversation goes to. Like a, a bunch of those, especially at the end as the Raptors pulled away, were role players, if I'm remembering it right. Yeah, Beal uh, missed one, and from, then it went Wall Porter, uh, Wall Porter, Ubre, and I think Morris missed a long two. And Markeith Morris missed? Yeah, I thought he missed like a 20-footer. No, I'm joking. He's oh. been missing quite a bit. Yes, um, Mike Scott, on the other hand. Still yeah. with the 80% true shooting I got, I got mark in the series. Out. You know, Marky Morris has been the worst player in this series, I would say, and Mike Scott has, you know, not the best. But I, I like, I like Marky. that same position has exceeded, uh, has exceeded a lot. Yeah. yeah. I've enjoyed Marky Morris and Serge Ibaka both having a huge game one and then just seeing who could be worse the rest of the way. Yeah. I'll give it to Ibaka. I think he's been better. Yeah, uh, he has been. He's at least brought it defensively. I'd be watching the game right now, and Giannis Valanciunas just made a steal on John Wall. Yes, that was great. <laughs> right, and Valanciunas coming up with consecutive steals on Wall. Uh, I guess the other thing, too, is, you know, the, this is obviously the role players being in a position where they're ready to shoot uh, when Wall kicks it out to them is something that's not unfamiliar to Raptors fans, especially after Game 4, where that was kind of the issue for the Raptors in the fourth with DeRozan's usage. Uh, also, John Wall was, like, dead by the end of the game. He played 44 yeah, minutes. He played 43 in game four. He had his hands visibly on his knees on you. Like I know Zach Lowe pointed out earlier in the year, how John Wall is prone to just sitting out possessions basically on offense when he's not involved. There was one where he stood in the corner with his hands on his knees, literally for 18 seconds as the play unfolded around him. And it let DeRozan just stand there and catch his breath too. I think that one was in the third quarter, not the fourth, but um, you know, they might be extending wall to, the total extent to which they can extend him here. And that's that's the conversation. That's where the depth comes in, right? Right? Because it's not like the Raptors bench has been great. It has not. DeLon Wright um, has been great, and that's it. Uh, and even he is, you know, not consistently great. He's he's had a he had a really good performance in game one and a really good performance in game five and has had some other moments. Uh, but uh, I thought he's been good defensively he's, throughout. Yeah, he's been he's been good. Um, this is the best but, player in the world we're talking about. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So by that standards, he's been good. Um, but over the course of the year, they were able to, you know, build trust in those guys. And at this point, Kyle Lowry's minutes going up means going up from 32 to 38 as opposed to, you know, from 32 to 42. And you could see, you know, when there are a lot of those turnovers and steals, we'll never be able off of wall. We can't draw a straight line because who knows? But you have to think that some of that is fatigue. And I would uh, think that John Wall being stripped by Jonas Valanciunas has a little bit to do with fatigue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's my that's my hypothesis. We cannot run a scientific experiment and control all the variables, but uh, that'd be a safe bet, I guess. And and that's something that. The Wizards and Scott Brooks will have to reckon with as they go into Game Six. You know, a half decent start will would help there, and maybe you don't feel that desperation. But I get it. Like I, if I were the Wizards, I'd be seeing how much Wall could give me too, because 
you know, the bench has played decently, but here's a guy, every time he has the ball, Raptors fans are probably terrified, and the coaching staff doesn't, you know, is probably looking for answers. And Miniature he's... LeBron, as, uh, yes, as apparently. the apparently. Remember when Tyreek Evans was uh, Mini LeBron? Yeah, with that 25-5 and five rookie year? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say the one, one thing that the Raptors would be Raptor Tyreek Evans. Yeah, Continue. would be Raptor. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that the Raptors could probably pay attention to if they make it onto Cleveland from this series is John Wall is still killing them passing out of post ups. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's, that's definitely something LeBron's going to do. Does Does he do that, LeBron? Is yeah, he good at that? I think so. Is he good? Um, LeBron is good. I I was just so normally the first thing I'll do in the morning the, uh, the day after a Raptors game is rewatch the Raptors game. Uh, this morning I was rewatching Cavs or not rewatching watching Cavs Pacers uh, because I did not get to see that. And right before we we came on, I saw the LeBron game winner um, better in like real time when you've watched the flow of the game than just seeing yeah. the highlight of the winner. It's uh, the, to do the block and then the game winner and I don't know, man. That's that's got to be soul. So I haven't for seen. Indiana. I haven't seen the block. Was it? Was it close to a goaltend? What do you think? It, it was close. I mean, I like. I don't think it was a goaltend, but in real time, I was like, "Ooh, that that might be." And then the replay. I don't know. It didn't look like it had hit the backboard yet to me, but. Yeah. All right. Enough about him. We yeah. can talk about him in a bit, maybe we'll, next we'll, week. Yeah, possibly. we'll probably talk about him next week. Um, yeah. Or Victor Oladipo. Yeah, or or, or how the season's over. Yes, what, one one of the three. <laughs> a lot of these things are still on the table. Uh, the Raptors will play Game Six against the Wizards on Friday at 7 p.m. Eric, you will be there, right? I sure will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about that already. Uh, Air travel. Yeah, fun. Love it. My question for you is: uh, How do you feel about uh, the Raptors? They did process-wise, they were. Uh, better in Game 5 offensively. They still didn't shoot the three-point volume that they would like, but 25 is a reasonable number of threes coming off of an 18-3 game. That would have been their season low. Um, they also had 26 assists, which gets back toward the the flirting with 30 mark that they like to be around. Uh, Ten of those for Kyle Lowry. I thought DeMar DeRozan did a great job switching between score early and decoy slash facilitator late. Uh, he had three assists and only one turnover in the fourth quarter and only scored two points, but obviously... Um, the attention he commanded. Offensively, they looked a lot more like the Raptors that we've come to know. Uh, defensively, this was their best game uh, results-wise, for sure, uh, holding Washington to 98 points on, I think, 104 possessions, if my quick mental math is right, forcing 18 turnovers. Obviously, the, the offensive rebounding for the Wizards is a huge concern, but otherwise, the Wizards shot 41%, and they shot 5-26 on threes. A lot of those threes came late and rushed. In general, the Raptors have held Washington to a lower three-point rate than any team in the playoffs, and the second-highest mid-range rate of any team in the playoffs. Are you fairly comfortable with the process side of the Raptors' defense to where you know, you trust it to get a, a Game 6 or a Game 7 victory defending the way they've defended uh, so far? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the last few games, in like, like 4 and 5, they've defended as well as you could hope. Uh, um, and they're doing the things they need to do against this team, given their deficiencies. Uh, it was sort of amazing that they could get the defensive fourth quarter that they got with 
you know, Valanchunas, who we should point out has the best defensive rating of any Raptor in the series because up is down and left is right. But also, DeMar DeRozan and CJ Miles on the floor who, you know, have to make you a bit more hesitant to switch on the wing. And even if you, and if you do switch, it creates obvious mismatches. And they got, I think they got plays from pretty much everybody defensively in that unit. Um, but as you alluded to earlier, you know, if John Wall goes three for nine instead of six for nine from the mid range on in game five, then the game's not as close as it is. And the Raptors, Raptors fans are probably feeling maybe a bit more confident about game, uh, game six in Washington. Oh, did you, did you see them after game two? Yes. Like, yes. like, this like is... even after after game one, when the Raptors won and the Pacers beat the Cavs and the Raptors were the favorite to get to the East finals, like, come on. Yeah. Uh, the, I, the one thing I will say about Raptors Twitter is, like, obviously, I mean, I think with any fan base, it's probably all over the place. But one of the, the things that's unfortunate about Raptors Twitter when the Raptors are doing poorly is that Raptor Twitter is also extremely good at uh, snark toward other teams, but it's always like there's this layer of every every tweet I see slandering another team. There's this layer of oh god, this is definitely going to come back and bite me because the Raptors are the Raptors, and you know you're going to be on the other end of those same jokes very very promptly. Yeah, um... maybe this is a better conversation for the Raptors, my Raptors Republic podcast with Will. No, Since I mean, Will I'm, is, I'm... Will is entirely responsible for that. <laughs> I'm familiar with that state of being, and, you know, the franchise history is what it is. Um, speaking of the franchise history, you talked about a bit about DeMar. Yeah. Uh, I think Kyle Lowry has had an awesome series. He has, and, defensively, and, again, the second half last night. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when when you talk about his value to the team... I know his numbers aren't eye-popping like John Wall, and, you know, at their best, I still, you know, John Wall is the quote-unquote better player, but the value that Lowry provides on almost every single possession when he's dialed in like this uh, is is quite something, and I think... You know, we've had we've talked so many times about his disappointing playoff performances. I think it's been a bit overstated. Absolutely, his, his shooting has obviously not been very good in in many situations. But uh, I can remember a few like no shows, but Lowry generally just does so much that even when he's not shooting well, whatever, not whatever, but you live with it. And this series, I think he's brought it every game. Uh, whether he hasn't played perfectly, but his, you know, he's been the most valuable Raptor in, in my eyes. Yeah, and there's a reason he has the best net rating in the series, other than Jonas Valanciunas and Mike Scott, and it's because when Lowry's off the floor, the Raptors don't play well, and when Lowry's on the floor, the Raptors tend to play well. Um, I also think it's kind of funny that you know we talk about Lowry not having this immense statistical impact. Uh, he's averaging 16 points almost five rebounds and nine assists plus more than two steals in the series. Like statistically he's there anyway. I know 15.8 points is not 
you know, someone scanning the leaderboard is not going to be like, oh, wow, Lowry's killing it. But, like, 16-5-9 with two steals when you're hitting 44% of your threes is huge. He has had the statistical impact, and I agree. Yeah, he's just, he's just not that high-usage guy yeah. at this point, and he's averaged, what, 16 6.5 and, and 4 or 5 for the year. And, you know, it's impossible to put him on that all-NBA ballot, and I'm not arguing for him to be there, but if you don't walk away from this series knowing how good he is, uh, you're not watching the same sport as I am. Yeah, the takes after game one that he didn't have a good game even because he only had, what, 11 points or 9 points or whatever um, were insane. Lowry has... He's tremendous. Um, and like they got they not not they got away with, but like it was basically him and Delon Wright on Wall and Beal down the stretch, and both of them played well. And they have the versatility. You know, I, I like when there's a bigger defender on on Wall versus Lowry, but they both have the ability to to switch in those matchups and to to make life tough on on those you know two really really good guards and. Uh, that's huge. Yeah, it's absolutely huge. Um, Lowry's been great. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. The, the the whole, like, Lowry is bad in the playoffs thing has always got, I don't know. It's always, it's never sat well with me anyway because he's ne- he's shot really poorly but still played well other than the shooting. And I know shooting is a huge part of the game. You can't, you can't shoot poorly forever and be like, well, I'm good at everything else, so I'm good. Um, but he, he mostly was that, and he still was driving, you know, most of their outcomes, uh, in recent years. Anyway, and the other thing too, he's only, only quote unquote averaging 16 points, Well, he only has a average usage rate because DeMar DeRozan is using 34% of the team's possessions and the Raptors have done well to feed Jonas Valanciunas when he's on the floor and they're trying to inject, you know, the more ball movement and everything. Uh, in terms of DeRozan, you know, pretty good series for him offensively overall. Um, he is using a lot of possessions, but his true shooting percentage is right around where it normally is. Um, his assist rate is more or less in line with where it was in the regular season. It's at 23.8%. Um, DeRozan's essentially been the same guy. I was really encouraged last night by how he moved in and out of his kind of dual roles, something that obviously wasn't there in Game 4, although I thought he took maybe a little bit too much of the, the individual blame for, for the fourth quarter there. Uh, where how, how have you thought DeRozan has played in the series on on the whole? And, I mean, what are you, what are you looking for from DeMar DeRozan uh, in Game 6 or Game 7? Um, I think he's been, he's been, as, he's been fine. Uh, not, you know, better than fine. Like, th- this guy's reputation um, is to really fold in in the playoffs. And if you say, you know, what you say is true shooting percentage is just as good or, or nearly as good as it is in the regular season, that has not been the case in the past. He's He's been down, you know, usually like 50 points or, or whatever. Um, you know what I'm trying to say. 50 points is probably the wrong term. Um, but I, I think something to remember is, yeah, you, you don't want Val or DeRozan living in the mid range, but we're sort of, a, you know, he's been miserable from the mid range over the last two games. I think it was like one of seven last night or something like that. Um, and if he gets, if he makes his share of shots from there in game four, the series is probably over by now. And he didn't, and that's life. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> but I think 
I think he's he is mixing it up pretty well. Um, he, you know, game five was certainly promising in the shots that he was able to get for himself and others. Uh, he he was um, he was more and in the fourth quarter. You know, he had a few shots that that maybe you take back and don't love, but you you know you understand why he takes them because if you don't take them ever, then the offense probably falls apart because yeah. at some point he needs to create for himself. And as good as he is at getting at the rim, he can't. You can't just go barreling in there. That's where turnovers happen. That's where offensive fouls happen. And uh, game five was a was a really good improvement on that. Uh, I'm not going to bemoan his defense too much. It's problematic, uh, but you know, what do you want? Yeah. Uh, okay. One more one more specific from game five before uh, we let you go walk, Walter. Eric, we've talked about this. It's kind of been a running theme with, between the two of us. I think it's the thing that we've disagreed on the most consistently this year, and it's the the role and place of Jonas Valanciunas. Um, obviously, Game 4 was not his best game. Game 5, uh, he got the closing nod. It was his first. Those were his first fourth quarter minutes of the series. Uh, he still has the best net rating on the Raptors. He turned in, you know, I, look, I thought he had, he had a bigger place in this series than he'd been getting um, and could be a, a valuable closing piece. I did not think he was going to defend anywhere near that well over uh, a sustained stretch. Do you have you come around? Do you see Valanciunas having a, a bigger role in this series from here on out than than maybe you thought earlier in the series? Well, I mean, he's with, been really with the good. giant caveat that if he plays the best defense of his career, yeah, no, that'd be great <laughs> if he continues to do that. Uh, he's been really good, and the other options have not been <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I don't really know what's happening to Jakob Pertl. Uh, but it's not good. (laughs) And Siakam, I really, I don't think Siakam's been bad, but really... He just hasn't found his his niche in the series. Yeah, like uh, him guarding John Wall. Other than defending Wall, yeah. Yeah, which has been good, but also when he's out there, you know, Norman Powell and DeLon Wright are out there too. And you almost don't even need him guarding Wall. No, he's still he's better than Powell. I would yeah, say. I, I wrote about it uh, at Raptors Republic ahead of Game Five. I kind of went over his Game Four minutes there, but yeah. Um, so Valanciunas being good because Abaka, Siakam, and Pirtle have, you know, between them maybe had three good games in the series. Important. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think, and, and that's not to guarantee he's going to be used down the stretch of Game Six as close. Guarantee uh, it, you he, coward. <laughs> um. I, you know, he has issues, and if they're being exploited throughout the night, and and you know the Raptors aren't able to involve involve him enough, or the Wizards have made some weird adjustment that I can't imagine is there, other than le- leaving three point shooters open to protect the dive against the dive, then then you know maybe that changes things, or he gets in foul trouble, of course. But he's been he's been crucial in the series, and. Um, I think what I wrote about the athletic is in some way, Dwayne Casey was like down the stretch. He was like, I need, I need spacing. I need offense. I know, uh, defense is a thing that constantly makes me nervous, 
you know, it is sort of, don't tell this to him, but it's sort of his bread and, and butter and what he built his, you know, coaching name on. But I've got to let this team be who they are. And, you know, sometimes they will be better served by playing a quicker, more versatile lineup. But that doesn't appear to be the case against the Wizards. And he made, and Dwayne Casey made the adjustment in game five, and it really paid off. I agree. Uh, remember that you remember in that Boston game um, in Boston, I believe, when Marcus Morris and CJ Miles got into that fight because Marcus Morris uh, was mad that CJ Miles fouled him. Yes. Late. Uh, uh, Markeith Morris at the end of, of of game five on Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day it is, uh, was I should say fouled Delon Wright with the with the score with 16 seconds left and the Raptors up by 10. Um, yeah. Is it, is it the more I looking out for each other? What do you think? I, I don't know, man. I th- look, man, I, I try not to put myself in the heads of other people that much. I definitely don't want to try to put myself in the heads of the more I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I feel like that'd be a scary place to, to, to drop yourself into. So fair uh, enough. Fair I don't enough. know. Eric, any other parting shots before we let you go walk Walter and, Go meet up at practice. Uh, happy birthday to my dad, who doesn't listen to this podcast. And to Caitlin. And to Caitlin McGrath, who, you know, might listen probably, to this probably podcast. Probably not listen to this podcast. Probably not. We're not we'll talking about We'll know, though, because I'm not going to wish her a happy birthday anywhere else. Just to see yeah. if she's listening. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's heady. Um, also, free Thomas Sadoransky. I don't understand his usage in this series. I, I mean, I don't want him freed because I think he's good, and I would like the Toronto Raptors to win the series. Uh, but I, I do not understand him playing only four minutes. Well, it's one of those like self-fulfilling prophecies where you're where he plays and, and his role gets increasingly smaller because he's not playing well. And it's like he doesn't have the confidence in, in the moment, but you're not showing confidence in him. And he was good all year. So what the hell? I know Ty Lawson's been fast and can hit threes. Uh, yeah, I, don't, he has. I don't know if he's better than I don't know if he's a better option, but here well, we are. Scott Brooks seems to think. Uh, yeah, and look, I, I look. Ty Lawson's on-off numbers would suggest that Scott Brooks is correct. So, yeah, the bench has been good for Washington on the whole, although that sort of disappeared on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, the day was Wednesday. They all had. Uh, they were. They were all. Ubre was an entire ass in that game. I don't. I don't know how else to put it. He he was so good in games three and four. And then for him to have the gall to, after the game, basically say the Wizards can be confident in Game 6 because DeLon Wright's never going to play that well on the road, while Kelly Oubre just just turned in a, a couple of terrible, terrible games in Toronto, sandwiched around really good ones in Washington. I don't know, man. Know How yourself. dare know you yourself. How dare you besmirch DeLon Wright? Yeah. Know yourself, Kelly Oubre. Just because you got eyes like that, can't get away with everything. They they go on forever, his eyes. Endless. Uh, okay, Eric, we should let you go. Um, I should let you go. Walter needs a walk. Thank you. Yep. I'll see you at practice, and we will talk to you next week, hopefully in uh, in po- under positive, in positive circumstances. Yes. In this the- podcast next week will either be a Toronto Raptors uh, locker cleanup podcast, a series preview for the Cavaliers or the Pacers, 
Or uh, possibly... Well, it might not be a series preview. The series might already have started. Have, I know. That was but, the third thing I was going to say. I oh, have a okay. third finger that I'm tapping off as I count these that you can't see. Thing, uh, the other thing one would be a, a post-game one conversation. Uh, we are not going to... If, if these both end in six and the next round starts on Sunday at 1 p.m., as it would, uh, we are not going to shoehorn in a Saturday night podcast that no I don't podcast to, on but, Saturdays. Yeah, no one will listen to it anyways by Sunday. It's one of one, one, one of my so. one of my rules. Is that a religious thing? Yes. No, no podcasting on the Sabbath. Wait, yes. is it Sabbath Friday or Saturday? It's from Friday sundown to okay. Saturday that sundown. Makes, that's what I thought, but I didn't know for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, no podcasting on the Sabbath. There you go. All right, man. I will see you shortly, guys. We'll talk to you sometime next week. Uh, hopefully, still talking about basketball and not large philosophical questions about the direction of the franchise. That's the definition of innings. There you go. Have a good one, guys. If only to be a reasonable man.